This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Shifting HPC Vendor Landscape. And final takeaways from SC16. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, joined again by Michael Feldman, editor at Top500.org. Michael, welcome back to your home office after our week in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Not quite my home office, but I'm still here on the left coast, so it all feels uh, like I'm at home. All right, perfect. Well, we've got a short week this week because of American Thanksgiving, but it gives us one more chance to get another podcast in early this week because we've got a few carryover topics from SC16 that we didn't really get a chance to finish wrapping up. So we'll do that now before we get back to our regular podcasting schedule starting next week. And starting, Michael, with I really wanted to get around to this vendor landscape because this was an opportunity to see a couple of the major vendors at SC16 in their in their new incarnations following some major acquisitions we've talked about this year. Yeah, and especially the one that was most recently merged was uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise and SGI. And just by coincidence, or maybe not, they had their booths right across from each other. So uh, they had a fortuitous uh, location there where they could co- sort of co-mingle their, uh, their attendees and their customers there. But, yeah, uh, was, there was a lot of merger activity over the past six months. And, yeah, we saw it all on sort of display here at the, the first major conference for these companies. Right. HPE and SGI were still in separate booths. Of course, that deal only just closed in the final weeks before the show. So not surprising to to see them there that way. But this was an important one for them. And, and uh, there was a lot of traffic back and forth between the two booths. And I think that people who were taking meetings with, with that company were, were getting representation from each side, either us as analysts or you as journalists or, or especially uh, customers coming through. And, and they really did a great job uh, showing how those product lines were going to come together with the IceX SGI products that were well-suited for the high-end, a lot of the volume in HPC that, that really gets covered well by the Apollo line that they had with HPE, and still looking at the UV line for uh, the shared memory and even uh, some of the HPE mission-critical uh, side. Uh, they, they really did a good job putting a nice unified face on a merger that came together very quickly before the show. Yeah, although I talked to some reps from HPE, PE and they they seemed a little reticent to to sort of talk about in detail like how those those product lines will will merge. I think uh, from from what they said, starting early 2017, they're going to give us uh, a little more guidance on the roadmap for the various product lines and the strategy going forward. It almost seemed like it almost seemed like they weren't quite ready for these two companies to merge, and uh, they're they're actually just starting to figure that out. But I think. Obviously, they've got the work ahead of them, and they've got to put the strategy together and see how they're going to move forward. It's a, it's a huge merger, and uh, they want to certainly leverage what they can out of the uh, the expertise, certainly, and the, and the product lines and the IP. 
Yeah, well, I think for any merger, it's hardest in the field organizations, really. I, that's that's where it, it really, uh, you know, the rubber hits the road out where, where these merge in the accounts. But uh, as far as progress since the actual merger date goes, I really didn't have a problem with how far they'd come uh, in completing the merger and then getting through some of these meetings uh, at SC. And then, of course, that we had Dell and EMC. Now, they've already made it through their Dell EMC world, so I think that was a big deal for them. But now showing those combined solutions uh, at SC is a big deal as well in, in terms of the, the data management aspect here. And these companies are, are worth talking about because they wind up being one-two in, in different ways depending on how you look at it. If you look at just the server portions and you take you know, HPE's market share for the last complete calendar year, 2015, and then add in SGI's market share for the same year, it extends HP's lead in HPE's lead in market share for just the server portion. HPE has 32% relative to Dell at 27% out of the $10.6 billion that we see in HPC servers. But then if you combine that to servers and storage or the complete solutions, that's where EMC's contribution to Dell winds up making a big difference and starts to overwhelm that gap. That if you take just the servers and storage portions together now, then that becomes a, a $15.5 billion uh, market to do servers plus storage. And then Dell takes the lead there at 28% relative to HPE at 25%. Uh, and then if you add in everything else, it, it still gets you know complicated looking at shares of things like services and software and all the way down. But right. but Dell kind of leads it at that solution level. But you know those are important in shifting market shares depending on you, are you just looking at the server portion or the whole thing. No, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, AMC is such a big part of the storage market here that that it does skew that way. I mean, if you just look at HP and SGI from the server perspective, like we talked about last time, they had you know the vast majority, uh, the plurality, I should say, of systems on the top 500 and probably the sub-top 500 now. But uh, yeah, with, with Dell's uh, acquisition of, of EMC, that makes them a much bigger player here overall in it, and in revenue, certainly. Now, if you drop down to the number three, based on 2015 numbers, we would still have that as IBM. Now, We've said before on this podcast there was still some funniness in the IBM numbers uh, in 2015 post Lenovo that not all of that revenue seemed to have moved yet. So we would expect to see IBM still drop in 2016 relative to 2015 as a result of that. But a big thing we wanted to see from IBM at this show was a lot of momentum with uh, power and open power sales. And they seem to have done that. They had a, a number of announcements of, uh, of big wins with power and open power in both traditional HPC and in uh, the hyperscale side as well. Right, with, with AI, especially because IBM actually talked a lot about the machine learning side in, in this cycle, although we don't really know how big those wins are. They talked about them, but they didn't give out much information or, or guidance on how big systems they were, but they certainly collected a good number of uh, of customers with the uh, with the Minsky server now, and hopefully that'll go forward. But it'll it'll be interesting to see more about if they get some some more, uh, you know, what you consider supercomputing size wins in in some of these. 
Yeah, I almost don't care about the really big ones. I mean, they took care of that right away with Coral. And as much as you'd like to see another big supercomputing win, I was concerned about how much they could get in the volume part of the market, selling power directly, and how many partners they could get with Open Power. And Open Power, they've now had several of the ODMs pick them up. They've got Inspur, Supermicro, Penguin, E4, all can sell Open Power systems. Uh, they've won uh, Rackspace, Tencent, Google wins all on the hyperscale side. And in HPC, they're looking at uh, things like Barcelona. They had a, uh, a win in Ecuador, uh, STFC Hartree, Michigan, Illinois, Ulick, Munich, and a, a quote-unquote major retailer that they can't name. So, you know, there's a lot going on there that, that they're starting to add into the, the wins column. Of course, we really want to get to our next site census survey, see how much that's showing up as a percentage basis across a broad swath of the market. But right. uh, uh, I think it's at least good momentum. It is. It's interesting to see also, it seems like a lot of their uh, traditional HPC wins are actually outside the U.S., where I think there's a little more resistance to just you know, going going the normal way and buying X86 gear all over the map. But there might be we might be seeing sort of a, a ge- geographical split up on how those uh, open power winds uh, fan out as as we as we look at the broader market. But yeah, it was a good set of wins and uh, good momentum for them. They they certainly needed uh, something to show that uh, you know there were still players in this area. Yeah, and you know, as that continues to shake out, we'll see what that looks like relative to Lenovo for a complete year 2016, and also that that whole next tier of market share, you know, important market share contributors, Cray and Bull and Fujitsu and Inspur, uh, you know, where they all start playing out relative to each other. I think that's going to be very dynamic. If there's one on that list I'm a little concerned about, it's Fujitsu in that they've got to now build out an entire ARM ecosystem for their post-K platforms. I think they're going to have a lot of work to do there. Yeah, and I think they know that, and I think the uh, the Japanese government that's funding them knows that. I think they're talking about funding to the, the tune of a billion dollars, but the, the funny thing about those big projects, it doesn't matter how much money you end up throwing of it, it's just the time frame that becomes sort of a, a challenge there to do a lot in a in a relatively small amount of time even though we're talking about you know four four years or maybe a little more here so it you're right it is a it is a big challenge for them but uh, I think they're committed and I think they're going to you know put the put the resources behind that it'll be interesting to see what they come up with in uh, around 2020 or 2021. Oh yeah absolutely but as you say it's the time frame that concerns me if you look at NVIDIA with GPUs that's been 10 years in the making with CUDA and a massive grassroots effort and they're, they're, they've done an enormous amount you'd have to look at it and say it's been very successful in building an ecosystem around CUDA but yep. you know how much can ARM do now in, in half that time or less than half that time I, I think it's going to be difficult alright let's look at some of the other wrap ups from the show uh, you know for me I talked a lot about Middleware, which I, I thought we'd, I would, I knew I'd be talking about a lot at the show. Uh, Intel HPC Orchestrator is out there. Yeah. Um, uh, Adaptive has gone through its uh, its acquisition by uh, ALA. Uh, Bright is still a, a very much a part of the picture. There's a lot of moving in the in developer software. I think that's going to continue to be a a big dynamic part. There's not a big clear takeaway of here's what's winning other than for the end user community. I would say that's a big area to watch. And I did like a lot of the momentum I've so- seen around object storage. Uh, particularly, it looks like DDN is kind of out in front on this right now with their Waz product, but everyone seems to have uh, object in the world. 
works and and I think that is something that's going to start catching on in the on the end user side right now I think that's going to be another trend to watch going forward how about you other things you're looking at yeah I was sort of impressed about how many uh, new cloud stories there were well certainly with with sort of the prominence of Azure now with their their FPGA powered cloud I mean that was a big story beforehand but uh you know, Microsoft, you know, featured that at SE16. They talked about it a lot. And it looks like they're capturing a fair amount of the uh, of the HPC workload market in um, in supercomputing. Some of these supercomputing workloads or HPC workloads even maybe compared to Amazon. We don't have numbers on that, but I just get sort of the, the feeling that, you know, Azure is, is if, if not uh, matching them, sort of catching up to Amazon. And I think even outside of our space, you, you do hear talk that Azure's on a, on a better trajectory right now uh, than Amazon. They might actually, uh, you know, uh, vie with them for, for cloud leadership at some point. At some point, yes, we do have numbers on that in our models for our clients. I, I don't think they're catching up to Amazon yet, but Azure did have a nice big show. They are gaining quickly. I will say I think they're they're catching up to Google and probably poised to pass them for the number two cloud uh, service provider share yep. for HPC. And uh, whether they can catch up to Amazon, that'll be a, a longer run. It's certainly possible by the end of the the five-year forecast period. But I would agree with you. Azure uh, showed a lot of momentum, as did Amazon, and that's in a, a fast-growing space right now. We've made yep. a big deal that that was coming from a small base, uh, but but we've, we've got it forecasting now at double-digit growth uh, both last year and for the next five years, uh, and that'll continue to be a, a major play there. Yep. And then I think one last thing that's worthwhile to, to go back and just mention one more time that we last hit in our preview show, I think the only real big announcement that came out before the show wound up being one of the bigger announcements, at least I think the biggest from a technology standpoint. We didn't see a lot of new big server platforms, as you pointed out. There weren't a lot of big new storage platform announcements. I, I think maybe the biggest individual technology announcement we saw was the 200 gigabit product line from Mellanox. I think that was really interesting and gave them a lot of momentum for SC. Yeah, and if they can keep that that gap between themselves and, and Omnipath, at least in, in that area, I think that'll that'll put them in good stead for a lot of wins in uh, 2017. Now, I'm, I'm sure Omnipath... Intel is working on their 200 gig uh, uh, product line too, so uh, we don't know when that's that's going to be coming. But for the time being, I think um, Mellanox at least is out of front on that spec. And of course, they're making, like we said, when we talked about it originally, they're making a big deal about their in-network computing and and offload right. capabilities. So that that gives them some differentiation, even when Intel uh, catches up in in the uh, the speeds and the the latencies. Well, and to be clear, the Mellanox products aren't shipping yet at right. 200 gigabits a second. They were announced, and with all the different uh, pieces, the switch, the adapter, et cetera, those will all roll out throughout calendar 2017. I think more on the earlier side than the later side, but it's still to be determined. That was an announcement. I think it was a significant announcement for SC16. And uh, <laughs> you know, all, all, what all these things do is they just tell us at the end of one year what we can look forward to in the next year to come. Yeah, exactly, and I think that 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 Omnipath and InfiniBand uh, battle is going to be going on for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. That's going to be a big one for sure. Yeah, just as you know, the GPU and Xeon Phi uh, battle is going to be going on for the, for the next few years. It's I think those are sort of the two big battles, and they're sort of being run by uh, in the same uh, the same 
group of people. So it's it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out and what the customers uh, start to do as as these products become more mature and more well known. Well, that'll wrap us up. There was a lot to talk about from Salt Lake City. We might think of a few more things in the weeks ahead, but we'll get back onto a regular podcast cycle, uh, at least for the next couple of weeks before we hit the big holidays at the end of the year. Uh, we wish our American listeners a very happy Thanksgiving and a happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Michael. Thank you. You as well, Addison. Thanks very much, and thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.